0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Fox creeping forward, he pulls up, 18-footer, here on Fox, puts the Kings on top, makes one space twice, gives the belly, thirty-five foot three for the win, LeBana, Bialyza,
1: it's with us everything man, when we're done, we can go chop it up, eat,
0: golf, whatever you want to do, but for 40, 48 minutes, I ain't about them games. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Let's get right into the news. Vlade
1: Divac has stepped down as GM of the Sacramento Kings.
0: Um, Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, a disappointing end to the season for sure, and we all felt like there was a little bit of a need for change and yeah from Sam Amick about 20 minutes before we're starting this recording Kings GM Vlade Divac stepping down Joe Dumars who was previously an advisor for the team will be the interim executive VP of basketball ops and immediately assume GM duties but he will be involved in the search for a new GM uh to me that sounds like they're going to do a legitimate process in actual search for a GM this time a little bit uh opposite of kind of how they went about the coaching situation last offseason.
1: Yeah, it it's definitely encouraging that someone already in-house isn't just stepping into that position. Um, I think that is a sign that they're looking for, the team is looking for significant change. It's not uh, a change in title. It's not, um, you know, it, it's not um, – shuffling deck chairs it appears to be that they're looking for someone to take them in a, in a new direction which is good because the direction's been uh, poor for a long time
0: yeah definitely uh definitely I think that obviously Vlade had a couple of mistakes throughout his tenure as the general manager for the Kings obviously uh, you know trading the draft pick to sign Rondo there was passing on Luca, and uh you know you could point to various free agent signings so yeah I mean it was just time for Sacramento to move on and personally I mean this just gives me a little bit of optimism going into next season and I think just as someone that covers the team it's just something interesting to kind of report on and get into people that could be potential candidates and uh, one that we are definitely hearing is you know Dumars could potentially stay in that GM role if he's interested he at least would be considered, um, which I don't know how I feel about all too much. He has a very up-and-down track record during his time as a GM for the Pistons, um, but it sounds like, uh, seeing from Mark Spears here, uh, the quote is, the Kings are – former Pistons executive Joe Dumars is being named interim Kings, um, and if he is interested – sorry, I lost it here. It is possible Dumars could be considered for the Kings' GM job if he is interested, a source said.
1: Yeah. Uh I, I, I think the hope is that they go with somebody new. Um that would be my hope for this team to you know, that's my personal hope. Um if if the team's trying to really turn things around, I think that you bring in a new face and yeah, I mean I I, I, I definitely think that would be the the way to go. Maybe you know, it's hard to know what level of involvement Dumars has had. It was publicly announced that he joined like the the GM team, like the executive team, as I believe an assistant and uh, or advisor. I think was actually the role at the time. So it it is hard to know, and it's been that's one of the you know it's been a challenge for a while is figuring out who's making these decisions. Um, is it has it all been Vlade? Has it been Brandon Williams on certain matters? Has it been um, you know some people like to you know, point the finger at Matina. Uh, there's like all these different voices apparently in the room, and so it's it's really hard to sort out. What, you know, we have no way of knowing what Dumars has recommended or what moves he's supported or been against so far. So I I really I think the best and, and the cleanest break would be to bring someone in completely new and give them full control. Of the team, um, I know that's kind of hard to do, or it's it's a lot to ask of a team that's kind of kept to their circle of people for quite some time. Vlade, obviously a former king, Peja Stojakovic uh, is an assistant GM and a former king. Um, they kind of work tightly within their own circle, but I think the the best case scenario for Kings fans that are really looking for a fundamental change would be someone completely outside of that.
0: Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I think that that's the way that they uh, probably should go, someone with a little bit of an outside point of view. Um, I would hope that, you know, they can – I mean, you have to assign someone to be the decision maker in the short term until you figure out that spot, and I'm hoping that that's kind of just what Dumars is for now. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really interesting process, obviously and from the release of the Kings, there is a, uh, a something along the lines of the the team will work with Dumars to develop the long-term strategy for the organization's basketball operations, um, and I think that, you know, that's somewhat along the lines of the identity that the team doesn't really have that we were talking about before, and yeah, you know, I mean, that we could see some Legitimate change when uh, a new GM steps in the place, obviously, you know, say that they came in and wanted to build around Fox and get the team a little younger or something along those lines. I I think that you know, there's a good chance that if they do hire someone from the outside, not just promote Dumars or anything like that, that you see some real change for the Kings here. And I I think that's what the fan base wants and probably what's going to be best for the team long term as well here.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming in right now. This is, we just hopped on right away to do this instant reaction, so we're gonna be seeing a lot of stuff pop up on Twitter and all that stuff, uh, on the radio. Um, it looks like Sam Amick went on KHDK and said he believes Dumars is the guy. He will run the team for the foreseeable future. And he believes that Dumars is the guy that Vivek wants in charge. And that is from a tweet from Matt George. And then, uh, yeah, like you said before, Spears, Mark Spears mentioned Dumars as well. So that seems to be suggesting that. And then this, I don't know if this is necessary, necessarily conflicting, but kind of to marry what I had just said of, of a, a fresh face, a new, a whole new look of decision-makers James Ham just tweeted out that according to a team source, the Kings will allow the new GM to make decisions on the fate of the uh, executive staff that includes Asia, Ken Cantonella, and and Coach Luke Walton.
0: I'm glad to hear that one. Um, I think that, you know, whoever you bring in to be in charge should get to bring their own staff. And there was a tweet from Sam Amick earlier who originally broke the Devoc news saying that a source had told The Athletic that uh, Kings coach Luke Walton was safe, that there won't be another domino falling here. But yeah, I mean, I think that any GM that comes in should be able to make that decision um, with whatever team that they bring in with them as well. Um, So I'm very glad to hear that. And then, yeah, I'm also seeing something here from Mark Spears saying that um, it is likely that... The, I think I just read that one? Yeah, it's very possible that the Kings GM won't be filled until after the 2020 NBA draft. Um, right.
1: that that's a good one. I did I did not see that. Um that but yeah, that it seems like he's going to be making this draft pick.
0: Yeah, which, you know, 12, 13 in in a really kind of subpar draft. I'm not all too concerned about that. Um that you know, I would hope that means that you're actually gonna spend some time really looking for a GM. Like they don't just have one lined up. Like, I mean, obviously, well,
1: I will say like that's not ideal. You don't you 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 want a GM to be able to make their first draft pick. I, I yeah. it's two months away. I know that's not a lot of time to make a decision, especially considering the coronavirus of it all. Hard to get you know in in person interviews, like, harder than usual at least, but you i would say like draft picks especially with you know the 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 3 second rounders whatever but pick 35 is no joke and pick, pick it's a lottery pick like you you would really prefer to have your guy making those picks whoever that guy is going to be
0: sunday sunday sundays are coming back in the nfl With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Yeah, two months, like you said, is is a good amount of time. I don't know, relatively. Like, you know, maybe they're looking at guys that are involved with teams that are still in the playoff race and they're less accessible, so maybe that's an issue or something like that. Um, Agreed, you would prefer to have the new GM just making the decisions from here on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a process. It's not ideal, um, but probably not the worst thing there. yeah, I mean, like, when you heard this, I guess just what was your initial reaction? Like, are you, does this bring a little bit of optimism for you, almost a little bit of excitement like it kind of did for myself, or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that – so I personally am struggling to to genuinely, like, root for this team as time goes on because it's, it's, it's just infuriating trying to be a fan of an organization that – has done so poorly for so long. Um, but, you know, on the side of, like, what I would hope for, you know, because I'm going to be watching a lot of these games, I would like this team to get better. I and, and just, so on both sides, as far as, like, what I would want personally and what I think is best in just a, a third-party, like, you know, totally partial uh, observer, I think both would – would see this as a good thing. You you can't have – you can't feel good about an organization that is entering its sixth season with a GM that has yet to make the playoffs in that time. Um, we could go through, like, a little bit of Vlade's track record if you want. Most of the listening already know it, but there – yeah, I mean, there have been some things that, that I, I just – no matter who you are, even if you're a Lakers fan or even if you're whatever, I, I think everyone in their heart <laughs> thinks that this is uh, this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, definitely would agree there. And yeah, we might as well go through a bit of Vlade's history with the team. Um, is the first one that stands out to you... Okay, well, he selected Willie Colley-Stein, sixth in the 2015 NBA draft, which... You know, I, I think that's a fine pick. It's a little bit of an underwhelming draft. Like you can say, Miles Turner, Devin Booker went after, um, but it, it's not like, I, I don't know, that wasn't the worst pick or anything. And then, but where it starts is kind of in 2015, trading Carl Landry, Stouskis, and Jason Thompson, for, and a 2017 first and a 2019 first to the Sixers for some nobodies, pretty much for cap space. Um and that cap space turned into Rondo, right?
1: Rondo and kufos and uh now I'm forgetting the third guy. It might have been like maybe Collison. Now I'm forgetting the third guy. But it was three guys that oh Bellinelli, you know, Bellinelli, yeah. That you could argue like had some decent production, but no, like that that is not a package worth a first round pick by any any means. I I think that. Generally, it's considered one of the two or, or three worst trades in, in NBA history, or at least recent NBA
0: history. Oof. Yeah, definitely a uh, subpar one, to say the least. And then uh 2016, you see him fire George Carl and move on to Dave Yeager, um, which, yeah. Um, and then later that same year...
1: Just going to also throw this out there, like I was just listening to the Damian Barling podcast, who shouts out, has a new uh, radio show with... Uh, with uh, K Diddy as well both guys have been recent guests on the podcast so looking forward to that on Mondays on uh, on ESPN but you know I just listened to his podcast literally just now as this was happening and he was saying that the generally accepted uh, knowledge on that is that Vladi didn't even decide on Jaeger that it was someone else's decision to hire Jaeger so just throwing that out there
0: interesting yeah important note there for sure um and then in the twenty sixteen draft you saw Marcri Marquis Chris, uh the eighth pick get traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich, Scal and Georgios Papayanis. Um, which, you know, that one's that one's not bad. I I would say that's a good trade, picking up Bogey later in the draft. Um not great selections in Papayanis and Lebiciere, but overall that's still a decent move that I would say from Vlade. Um
1: I'll, I'll just pick up on that. Like I get you you got the best player out of that deal in Bogdanovich, but I'm not even sure that's really worth the trade at the end of the day. When you're, it's more just the picking of Papianis at 13 when yeah. nobody had heard of him, um, like nobody had heard of him, uh, even <laughs> draft experts and stuff. I believe Bryant West had literally never heard his name until he was called <laughs> uh, in the lottery. So. Yeah. I mean you could even when like there's these moves that we could try to say were good moves there's still it, there's still this like well it could have been a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, that's a guy that from my understanding wasn't even like locked in to be a first round pick or anything and to be fair it's 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 an underwhelming draft like guys to go after Papionis, you know, directly after is Denzel Valentine, Juan Hernan Gomez, Gershon Yabusele, um there's some decent steals like 19, Malik Beasley, 20th, Karis Levert. So agreed, it's it's not a good pick. Um, it, it could have been better, but not the worst. Um, mainly because Vlade does have some pretty bad <laughs> decisions that look a lot worse than that. Um, like ones we previously mentioned. And and kind of moving on here. Um, there's the the boogie trade where. Omri Caspi and Boogie were traded to the Pelicans for Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, Buddy Heald, and a 2017 first um, that was eventually traded and turned into Harry Giles and Justin Jackson. Um, Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the value that he was able to pull for Boogie there? I think it's wildly
1: overrated. Um, Cousins was really an amazing player. I think you know, arguably the best player on the Kings in the last decade. And the only reason, you know, it's really arguable is is about depending on how you feel about Fox, Fox, obviously not an all-star yet. Boogie definitely, you know, definitely was at that level for a long time. And even on the Pelicans, like he only lasted a little while because unfortunately injuries got the better of him, but, I mean, he looked really amazing on the Pelicans, and I just think that there was a, there's a, a scenario out there where that could have looked a lot worse. Um, you know, Buddy Heald has been good-ish, but he had an incredible sophomore season, and then, you know, I mean, uh, this year just, it, it's been, it's been really, really tough, obviously.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a decent trade. I would agree with you that it, it's probably overrated, but we also probably would feel better about it if he got a little bit of a better pull from that 2017 first that ended up being the 10th pick um, and then was traded for, like I said, Harry Giles and Justin Jackson. And even if Harry Giles was even kept around, because uh, we'll get to it, but obviously declining the option for Harry Giles and liking, likely meaning that, means he uh, is gone in free agency, is a little bit of a uh, bad mark on Vlade's time as GM with the Kings. Um, So, yeah, I think we could feel a little bit better if he got something decent for that 10th pick. Um, And there was good players available in that draft, um, in that area. Yeah. After Uh, 10, you saw Mitchell go. Donovan Mitchell, you saw Bam Adebayo, um, Jared Allen, OG Ananobi, even like if you want to throw Kuzma, Derek White in there, there were some decent players at 10.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't want to complain about getting Harry Giles, but uh, obviously, you know, when you don't pick up his option, that, you know, that says a lot about, about the pick and about what you did with that resource. Um, and by the way, I just want to correct myself. It was Buddy's third season that he broke out. Um, and this, of course, is his fourth season that just wrapped up. That was disappointing um and i'll just point here to the free agents that were signed in that same yeah. offseason season were, were rough you know i mean both were traded in in deals that kind of get, got you a little bit of uh a positive return but just the what deals themselves are you talking about here 3 years 57 million to george hill mm-hmm. uh who just was a disaster with the kings And then two years, $24 for Zach Randolph, who was, like, fun on a team that was just horrifically bad. But, yeah, I mean, like, second year of that deal, I don't think he, like, even showed (laughs) up to training camp. I think they just told him, like, you can hang out at home and uh, we'll just trade – we'll use your salary to trade you later. But, I mean, that's – those are two big contracts, uh, $32 million in salary for that year, Um, and, I mean, what do you have to show for it? Essentially nothing.
0: Yeah, and then kind of fast-forwarding a little bit here, um, the, I mean, the 2018 draft, selecting Bagley over Doncic. Um, Doncic and, honestly, a couple other players that I think – Did we talk about the Fox pick? I didn't, actually. No, I I skipped over that one, which is my fault. It's probably the best move of – uh, box GM
1: tenure. That's the move. That's I mean, if you're gonna mount a defense for the decisions that are made while Vlado is in charge, it starts with Fox, and then it goes to you know the argument that he did well with getting Bogdanovich out of that trade, the number eight pick, uh, and, and then you can also like touch on. You know, the, the, the Barnes trade as well as like one you could try to make an argument turning Justin Jackson and that Zach Randolph deal in its second year, that expiring into something. But yeah, just on Fox, he made the right pick, but let me ask you like how, how much praise do you deserve, um, for making the right pick when it's, when it's there?
0: Uh, I mean, it's kind of just something that I feel like an average GM should do. Like, when it's I, – I felt like Fox kind of was the clear guy to take at that point. Like, I guess you could have considered a couple others. um, But, yeah, I, I don't know, especially when you're looking at the rest of his draft history and it's just – it's not great. Like, I, I almost can't help but mark this up as – I don't know how much credit I give him for getting one right out of, you know, the four plus drafts that I felt like he really dropped the ball on. Like, I mean, you could just get lucky on one of them, really.
1: Right. Uh, that's exactly where I'm at. I think you you deserve some credit. And, you you know, if if the pick is obvious and you make the pick, and not to say it's, like, insanely obvious, but – yeah, Fox was like a consensus top five guy and he was picked in the fifth pick. You deserve some credit for that, uh, but it's not like he found a diamond in the rough or um, even that he, I don't know. It's tough. Like, It's tough. It's he didn't tough. get
0: cute with it like he did in the 2018 draft.
1: Exactly. So it, as I guess when you're weighing those two things out, as much credit as I want to give him for making the right pick with De'Aaron Fox, he loses more credit than that. Like, he deserves more uh, criticism than, than, you know, for the the Bagley pick than he does praise for the Fox pick, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. We've touched on it a bunch, um, and hopefully we can move past it at some point. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think obviously part of the frustration with the Bagley pick is that everyone felt like Doncic was the clear two. Like, I, I think when Sacramento got the second pick, most people were probably like, okay, they're going to end up with one of Doncic or eight, and that's a great outcome. And, yeah, Vlade tries to get, like I said, a little cue with it, uh, reaches for Bagley, and maybe it's unfair because Bagley just has been extremely injured and nobody could have seen that coming. Um, but, obviously, Doncic, you know, going to be a guy that potentially runs the league for the next decade. So that's gonna hurt for Kings fans and honestly probably the cherry on top and what ended up with Divock getting out of uh, the Sacramento GM job. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely
1: um, let us move on to um we can talk about that offseason real quick with uh signing Belly and Yogi. There was there was uh that was it really. There's a ton of calf space and they only made those two Signings. I think they, you know, were both fine. Um, I think there was a lot of cry for him to do a little bit more at that time, but you know, uh, he did uh, effectively fill that space with Barnes in the during the year. And I think that was a, I think that's a good trade. Like, I think you can you can look at the Bogey trade and you look at the Barnes trade. Those are solid wins and the Fox win. But as we're going through this, I think we just see that there's too much. Too much outweighs those those positive things.
0: Support for the King's Pulse Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, we all have a time where we have hurt ourselves, or at least been terrified to hurt ourselves, I know I do, trimming below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 this is a premium tool with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes works in the shower so you can take care of your business in there if you prefer that also has an extremely cool led light attached to it that illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that chunk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code King's at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code King's Pulse, no space, King's at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code King's with no space. Yeah, as for the most recent offseason signings, I, I really didn't mind them. Actually, I was a fan uh, throughout this offseason, and obviously they didn't turn out great with Dedman, uh and Ariza both ending up traded. And sure, I guess they were decent trades and okay returns. Um, you know, people became fans of Bazemore and Alex Len, But really, I, I mean, in in hindsight, it, it wasn't a successful offseason. Uh, I, even if you look at Holmes a little bit there, Um, But, yeah, I mean, most of what you're looking at from Vlade isn't all too much coming from the offseason signings from last offseason or anything like that. Um, And overall, I I mean, I would agree with you. I think there's a lot more uh, negatives than positives, and that's ultimately what led to Vlade being out of office here.
1: Yeah, I I don't think that you – I don't think you want to take 30-something million dollars and turn it into – you know, like a year of Rashawn Holmes, a year of Jabari Parker and, and like a second round pick that it's just, that's kind of the way that it's been. It, it's like the whole George Hill, Zach Randolph season, those $30 million in space that turned into like, you know, some very minor assets. That's kind of what we saw again this year. And it's also what we saw with that, the uh, year that he, to moved the first-round pick, um, you know, to get cap space. Like, the cap space record is, is just um, – it's not good. And I, I don't know if that – how much of that is a function of the market, right? Like, how many – you know, what's the actual ability to bring in high-quality free agents? But they just have been spending – spending a lot of money on guys. And, yeah, I mean, Corey Joseph's the only – one of those big three that was signed with cap space. Yes, there was the exception, um, the smaller exception that was used to sign Rashawn Holmes. But yeah, I mean, it just—it doesn't even feel like that's a huge needle mover if you if you aren't going to make the playoffs. So you got two years of of a, a quality starting center on the roster. Like that's that's a win. But like again, it's just like stacking that up with. The Deadman deal and the Ariza deal and the Joseph deal, it's like, that's just a lot of money. I mean, it's over $100 million in, in agreed, uh, contract terms, some of that non-guaranteed, but that's just a lot of money to, to just really get almost nothing out of. And then, you know, just to touch on some of these draft picks here as well, there was no first that, that year because of the Sixers trade, but I don't know, I just, as much as I want to like Justin James and Kyle Guy, it's just those at the time, even like no one knew who Justin James was. There was guys on the board, you know, I I mean, there was like, there was like the bowl bowls of the world. I don't know. I don't want to nitpick the second round here, but it just is never, it's just, it's so rare that you feel really good about a move he made. And, And ultimately, do you think that like the bottom line is, is production is wins? Like, ultimately it doesn't matter what he did he needed to his team needed to win games and if they didn't he was going to be out after five years
0: yeah I mean I think that's kind of what it was is that he didn't make the playoffs one of those five years and the fact that you're a bottom team and you have a decent shot at, at some high level talent every one of those years that you're not making the playoffs and you're not able to get that level of talent outside of Fox and and then uh, Bogdanovich as well, I I mean, I think that, yeah, there wasn't any improvement. Like, the team, I I guess, got a decent piece in Fox, and like we're mentioning, Buddy Bogey, but, like, there wasn't that much improvement. You know, Flade had mentioned that if the team didn't get better, that he would step down, and even after getting that extension, um, it it finally happened here, and, yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is that the team didn't even have, like, slight success. They couldn't even – Make the playoffs one of these years that he was there, and again, yeah, I mean, I think that you know when Doncic probably was the obvious pick, and seeing him just really blossom into this superstar this early in his career was probably the cherry on top of all of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, so yeah, just looking forward here. Um, we are seeing reports uh, from various places. I think. James Sam is one in particular that's standing out on the t- on the timeline, but a lot of people saying that uh, Amick said this as well. So credit to to both those guys. But it seems that everyone is saying that Luke Walton is safe. Um, do you believe that?
0: I don't know. I mean, I kind of take that as he's not gone right now. He's not he's not getting cut instantly. But I would like to think that. The reason you're bringing in a new GM is someone to be the head of making these decisions, and he should have the right in saying, do I want Walton to be here or not? So I kind of take it as he's safe until they find a new GM. What about yourself? Yeah,
1: I I don't think that we can – I just – I don't want to question these reporters because they are really good at their jobs. But at the same time, very good reporters at their jobs reported a day ago, two days ago. That Vladi was safe. So, I, I, that, that, while that may be true, things change. And I do not know how many, uh, I do not know how many GMs inherited a coach that was not winning and kept that coach around for a long time. So, it just, I don't think that happens very much. I think you can count the instances of that. Uh, on a couple on a couple of fingers it just isn't it's it's not common so there's a chance that due to however the contract is structured with Walton and his unwillingness perhaps to take a buyout like that could affect things and the the finances with the coronavirus you know he's not just going to volunteer to take a pay cut i would imagine um maybe i don't know i don't want to speculate but what it sounds like, they're reporting, it sounds like that this was, you know, Vlade quote unquote stepping down. Um, but he needed some money out of his deal to do so. Um, it sounds like I see there's comments from Ranadive, you know, saying that ultimately this was the best decision for our franchise. So I also am not going to give them like the total cop out of saying, oh, this was 100% v- Vlade's decision. We've been seeing for a long time that there's been pressure or hearing reports that there's been pressure on Vlade's job. So this isn't – I don't know that this was Vlade's decision necessarily. Um, you know, with Walton, he probably would be less willing to uh, negotiate a, a favorable a favorable buyout. I don't know how all that, that you know, those inner wickerings are going to play out. But, yeah, I mean, he just started his deal. He's got one – He's he's played out one year of his deal. He's probably relatively well paid. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I I would not consider him safe personally. But that is that is the reporting as of right now.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he should be is kind of what it comes down to, especially when you look at, like, I mean, Kenny Atkinson stands out so much to me that a guy that clearly did a good job of developing talent, even if he couldn't take them to another level or, you know, didn't get along with the Stars, whatever it was, like, I mean, I think there's legitimate candidates out there that I would prefer over Walton. Um, you know, I mean, he just didn't do a good job improving this team. The team got worse under Walton compared to how they were performing with the Eager. So I don't think that his job should be safe. Like you're saying, the reporting is that he will coach the Kings for next season. He's safe for now um, is the tweet I'm reading here from James Ham? and, like you're saying, a couple other sources saying the same. So, yeah, I guess that's what's coming out, but I don't think he is and I don't think that he deserves to be in a safe position after the performance that he really rolled out this uh, first year.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um... It's unfortunate how this year went. I, I'm sure some people will point to injuries and say, you know, he didn't have a full team to work with. Um, and you never know how much the influence of the locker room is, is going to be there. If the star players are really with him, um, maybe that saves him. Uh, I don't know. If it's If it's Joe Dumars, and there isn't a huge turnover in the GM position then maybe that saves him because they've already got a relationship going and maybe that you know if you hire completely outside GM i think they've got to have their own people in place so so we we'll, we will see we will see
0: yeah i don't know uh what else you want to touch on here all i can say is whoever whoever comes in i hope that the focus of the future obviously is around De'Aaron Fox and you know, if that means that Buddy Bogey gets shipped out and you're bringing in younger talent to build around Fox, or if you just properly utilize Buddy and Bogey and Barnes, I think that, you know, you have playoff talent on your roster. So whoever comes in is going to have some decent flexibility. I just want them to set on an idea and really stick to it. And as long as De'Aaron Fox is a part of that, I'm not going to have all too much issue with it. But overall, I mean, I'm excited for this. I think that it's a needed change for the Sacramento Kings and gives me a little bit of excitement moving forward. And I would think that most Kings fans kind of feel the same here.
1: Yeah. When things bad, when things are bad, um, change is good. And ultimately I think that's, that's what, that's how you got to feel. I mean, yeah, things, things have been bad for a long time and, uh, you know, I, I guess a change could make things worse technically, but when you're near the bottom, uh, generally, the only way to go is up. I, I don't know how much further down it, it could possibly get. So, uh, odds are, odds are you, you got to be thinking uh, this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I think of you know the Minnesota Timberwolves taking on Gerson Rosas, and I think that that uh, went over well for them. Came in with a clear plan and executed, getting D'Angelo Russell and and Malik Beasley and things along that sorts and just really change them into a trade heavy aggressive team I think that yeah this is going to be a good thing for the Kings long term and I'm excited to cover this man I think this gives us a little something to look forward to here as well and uh yeah I mean do you have anything else that you kind of want to get in on this
1: Uh, that's it man I think we could do an episode coming up about you know how you would approach this if it's a rebuilding year, if it's a, uh, you know, if you got to tear things down or if you want to make another push, do you think that the team can add enough to try to make the playoffs in the next year or if this uh, new GM is, uh, is going to signify a, another teardown?
0: Right, and eventually uh, we'll get to some candidates for the potential GM job as well, but yeah, I'm sure a bunch of the guys, the Kings Herald, are going to do a great job covering that as well. Subscribe to the Patreon there to support uh, local, independent Sacramento Kings coverage. And subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you're listening to here. And thanks to everybody for hearing us out on this episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. You're here from us again in the next couple of days here. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball and Basketball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. All available 24-7. And with the return of sports, BetOnline sat down with former pro players, Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion, we'll go with six-time NBA champion, Robert Ory. See what they had to say, and what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts.